here to empower you to create the life that you want to live. super excited today for the interview that I'm going to be sharing with you with Miranda Rondeau. She is my frame drum teacher. I am so blessed to be even able to study with this woman. And it all just kind of came about by, you know, situates, uh, circumstance. Um, a friend of mine uh, was a friend of a friend of hers and has been going to her house to play a frame drum for the past few years, and she has been coming to my circles, and so just she invited me to come with her. And so I found myself in a circle of about 20 women playing this frame drum for the very first time. My father is a drummer, and I had asked him, I was like, you know what I really would like from you, because uh, he was getting me something for my birthday, is um, a drum. And I want this priestess drum so I can use it for my circles, and I didn't know how to play it or anything, I just wanted to have one. So that was, um, I just started having that experience with myself and the drum, um, but that was a little bit different. So... In uh, what Miranda teaches is how to play the frame drums that you play by hand. And these are the ancient drums that priestesses have been playing for thousands of years. And so I find myself in this circle. And we're towards the end of the circle. So we've been learning things for a couple hours. And we're kind of just like freestyling with the different options that she has given us of patterns to play. And I have my eyes closed, and I'm just lost in playing it. I don't even know how I'm even playing what I'm playing. It's just happening. And I open my eyes, and I look around the room, and it's just all of these women. And I have this really profound experience and like memory that I have been here before with women before. I may have shared already in this podcast that... I write my music, you know, I first started writing music from my dreams. I was hearing it in the dream time and it would like echo and wake me up and I could barely play my guitar at the time and I'd wake up and I'd grab my guitar and I'd figure out how to play it. But I was always seeing this visual of being in the forest and being in a circle with women around a fire and there were drums and there was drumming, and there was the fire. And when I was in this circle at Miranda's, I opened my eyes, and I saw all of these women around, and that is exactly what it reminded me of. And that is what happens for the most of us. When we sit in the circle and hold that drum, it, there is this experience of awakening, but there's this experience of remembrance. And so it has made me very excited about learning how to play this instrument so that I can teach it to others. 
And I'm constantly sharing. If you follow me on the on either of my Instagram handles, Silver Lake Priestess or the Jamie Black Ethereal Magic, I do post videos from our circles and pictures. It's so exciting. Um, the first time before I met Miranda, uh, my friend showed me a video of her playing in these caves in Spain. And she's singing into the drum and she's playing the drum and it's, it's just a powerful activating image. And I have watched that video so many times and I have posted it all over the place. So if you follow me, I'm sure you've seen it. Such a powerful activator. And then that is what got me really excited about going to Circle. So going to Circle, meeting Miranda, learning about her journey, how she studied with Lane Redman, who really brought this drum back around for all of us. She's really responsible for so many of us being exposed to this drum. Um, she wrote a book called When the Drummers Were Women. And that is why we are calling this episode When the Drummers Were Women. Miranda was one of her students, and Miranda is very passionate about getting this drum out there into the world and getting it back into the hands of those of us who have played it so many times in the past. And I so support her mission, and I also so support her. She's an incredible musician. Her Just to watch her and listen to her play this drum and to sing, I mean, it so transports you into another time. So with that, I'm going to take you over to the interview. But first, here's a little sound clip of her playing in that cave I was talking about. Welcome to the Silver Lake Priestess podcast. I'm Jamie Black, and I'm here with Miranda Rondeau for the podcast episode, When the Drummers Were Women. So if, for all of those of you who've been following me for the past few months, I've been posting about the frame drum like crazy. Anytime that I'm sitting in circle, I've been singing with it myself. Um, just posting and posting and sharing. One, because it's just been a super exciting experience for me to be activated and awakened this way and to be with my drum again in this lifetime. And two, because I am so excited about finding other women to drum with. And Miranda is uh, someone that I've met She's, she was the beginning of this for me. I've been posting her video as well, uh, the video of her singing with her drum in those caves in, um, in Spain, and that activated me. A friend of mine showed me that video, and I was just like, whoa, whoa. Yes, I want to come to this drum class with you, and then that was the beginning. And so, Miranda, welcome. Welcome to the 
show. I'm so honored to have you here. I'm honored to have you as my teacher in life and for this that you brought into my life. But I'm really excited to have you on the show and be able to share you with everybody. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and um, blessed to be able to share. And it's been really wonderful and beautiful to have you join and mm. about everything. <laughs> and I'm witnessing you just progress, progress, progress beautifully. So I appreciate your devotion and your dedication. Thank you. So we're going to start with the basics. You know, I have, um, you know, I always say this in the beginning, but especially just for anyone who might be seeing this for the first time, the Silver Lake Priestess podcast, it's a podcast of about women who are reclaiming their past selves or women who are reconnecting with memories and lifetimes of being priestesses of sitting in circle with women, of being in sisterhood, of also, you know, being witches, doing psychic work. Um, a lot of this is about reconnecting with spirit, listening to our intuition. And so the frame drum is, this was new for me. Um, and it is, it is a tool that the priestesses used. And I didn't even know that when I was going into... Uh, showing up in circle and playing. So um, I want to have Miranda here on the show because I do want to hear about your personal journey. And I've heard your story a few times and it is very powerful. And also I want to be able to share about the frame drum and to educate women on what it is. So many of us think that men, that drums are for men, right? And we think of drumming also as like maybe a drum kit. And anyway, this has been a very powerful tool for all of us to use even personally. So I would like to just start with asking you to share with us, what is the frame drum? Um, I'd be happy to. So a frame drum is any drum where the head is larger than the depth of the shell. Uh, basically, it's a strip of wood bent into a shape of a hoop and originally with real skin stretched across the drum. Um, they come in different sizes, all the way from eight inches to 22 inches, some up to 28 inches. Um, they can be played either with a mallet or you know, with, your, with your fingers. Um, it's an archetypal um, instrument. It's one of the oldest ones. They're found on on almost every continent, and each culture will have a different name for the uh, drum, for the drum, as well as different rhythms, different techniques, um, different songs and styles. Um, they have drums that have two heads. So this one just has one, but they have one with two heads on them. Um, they have drums where you also can put jingles um, on the outside, on the, you know within the frame. And they have some drums also that have chains behind them that hang. Um, so there's many different kinds of frame drums. It's a really big world actually. And um, the ones that I'm playing um, are inspired through the Mediterranean area. Um, in the Mediterranean area, my teacher, Lane Redman, um, discovered that there was a whole history of um, drumming that for the women, and so this is the drum that they play. Um, what's special about the frame drum is that when you play it, 
the vibrations come straight back to you. So you automatically receive, you know, the plant, the, the vibrations of the drum. Um, also, holding it um, is a beautiful thing because we're not just holding a drum, we're holding all that the drum represents too. So there's a whole thing about what the drum represents for me and for Lane and, uh, and for the, all the women um, images that she found. She wrote a book called When the Drummers Were Women, uh, The Spiritual History of Rhythm. And she collected thousands and thousands of images of frame drummers that happened to be women. She shares about like, why were they carrying the drum? So some other things about the frame drum. So nowadays we have um, synthetic heads. Um, when we play with, with the skin, it's affected by the, the moisture in the air. And so with the synthetic skins, you have a consistent sound, um, which is important if you're, you know, gonna perform or offer music. Most of my songs are uh, based on the tone of the drum. And I usually see the drum as much as a melodic instrument because they all have its own tones um, on the drum. Um, like the lowest sound of the drum is doom. It's the most resonated sound. And it's called doom and it's connected to an element, water. So this was passed down from my teacher, um, Lane Redman, and she learned it from Hamza El-Din. He's a Nubian musician, also frame drummer. And uh, so this is connected to the elements. Lane is doom, connected to water. And we are made of more than 75% water, as well as the earth is more than 75% water. And uh, water is cleansing, purifying. Um, we use water you know, every day. So it's a very important part of our life, water. So doom. On the edge of the head, it's the highest part of the drum. It's tech. And that's related to the element of fire. So fire is the energy in our body. Fire is the sun. Fire is what cooks our food. Fire is what we, um, gives us light in the night. Um, fire used to be what we gathered around and, um, you know, cooked our food and uh, sang our songs and shared our stories. And so tech on the highest part is fire. You need the two fingers on the edge. It's teka. Bill is also fire. And then the pads of her fingers, when we stick to the drum, that's called ka. Um, depends who your teacher is. My teacher, Elaine, says ka. Some people say pa. And this is to the element earth. So earth, also the bones in our body. Earth, mother earth, um, who provides us everything. Um, where do we live? We all live on the earth. Where do we get our food? We're on the earth. So the, so the earth is like our mother who provides us everything um, and sustains everything, uh, sustains all of life. And so this is earth. And then we have the brushing of the head, and that's connected to the element air. So air is our, our breath. Air is the wind. Spirit. Um, and how often do we need to use air? Like every moment. So we are made of all the elements. And so the drum becomes like um, my tool of remembrance, of remembering what is sacred. 
so that's that's a little bit about the frame room <laughs> and there's more <laughs> well how did you so so some of some of us that are already know that lane was your teacher and so lane redmond wrote that book um that you were talking about when the drummers were women and that's why we wanted to call this episode that um but how did you find her and how did you how did it happen for you how did you even find the drum and how did, how were you able to work with lane i think you know things drop in at different times um really i was always wanting to just find all the things that i love to do like following the highest excitement following what gives you the most joy i love dancing and so i the first time I heard drumming, I was at the Whole Life Expo, and I'm like, uh, it was pulling my soul to drumming. So I'm like, oh, because I wanted to dance. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. And then the next time I heard drums was at a Grateful Dead concert. But not in the concert. They have on the out, in the parking lot, um, like a whole city of people who, um, who tour to come to all the, to all the, all the concerts. And then there's like like a big tent city but there's also drum circles and I'd gone and I heard a drum circle and I was like oh my gosh I need to go to that drum circle because I can that like the tribal I guess the tribal sounds and the rhythms and because I wanted to dance and so I went and I was just like I just got into a trance dancing and I you know loved it I didn't even think about that I was going to drum I was more into dancing and again I I, I thought also drumming was for the, the guys Anyways, so the dancing was my, my medicine that I liked. And then at some point I worked at um, a bookstore and I opened one of the boxes and it said Drumming at the Edge of Magic by Mickey Hart, which happens to be the drummer for the Grateful Dead. So I'm like, okay, I got to follow the synchronicities. So in my life, that was really important about following the synchronicities. And, um, I got that from Joseph Campbell, who talked about when you live your life, um, with your eyes open, everything is a sign, a signal, and uh, a new door will open. And so I was in that time period, I was like wide-eyed, like, okay, mark all those synchronicities. And so I opened the book and the box, Drumming at the Edge of Magic, my Vicky heart. I go, okay, I'm supposed to read this. So I think it took me a couple of weeks to read it. And one of the things it said in there, um, it talked about entrainment, the law of entrainment. And he describes it as you go into a room where there's a lots of ticking clocks and eventually the law of entrainment says that they will all eventually tick together. So he used this analogy for the drum circles. And I remember, oh yeah, the drum circles, what was so magical about them? And so this was the missing part that he was sharing is that all the drummers can come in and maybe they start off a little bit chaotic and at one moment, at some moment, because of the law of entrainment, they will all have this unitive experience. And I thought in my mind, I want to experience that sometime. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, I want to. The second thing that stuck to me, he wrote that um, drumming has two sides, um, the technical side and the spiritual side. And because he said that, for some reason, it just kind of gave me permission to like, oh, does that mean I could drum? Like anyone can drum? So in my mind, I gave me permission, and we just happened to have a couple drum congas in the garage that belonged to my sister. And so I'm like, well, I'm just going to play them. And so I went and just went at them playing them. So every day for two weeks, like for hours, 
And um, I started playing, and I'm like, oh, this is a low tone. Okay, great. And I move my hand. I go, oh, this is a high tone. And I'm like, oh, my muffled tones, and then like different places. And then, you know, I've taken piano lessons and um, violin. It was an orchestra and always singing. So I had some, you know, background in music and rhythm. And so I was just finding all these different rhythms and patterns, and I I was trancing out on my own and having a good. So I was developing a relationship to my hands and the sound of the drum um, and finding patterns like this. So for two weeks straight for hours. And then um, my friend said, hey, do you want to come to a gathering of music, people playing music? I said, sure. So we came, they opened the door and they were playing Grateful Dead songs. <laughs> so here's a Grateful Dead theme. Um, and then they handed me some bongos and I just grabbed them so I was playing really comfortable and familiar and they're like wow you play really well how long have you been playing I said two weeks <laughs> um, and then they had some other drums around too and I was like my goodness is it gonna happen because I was like can they stop please playing the guitars can we like drum at some point they put their guitars down they got the drums and we started playing and and it happened we were playing we we entered um, an unspoken place to deeply listen it was very intimate, the listening. And we became like a flock of birds in a school of fish. We would be on this rhythm, and then it would change and swirl around to the next rhythm. And it was like we were psychically connected, like we were one body. And I was like, wow. Um, I go, this is it. I, I don't need anything else in my life. This drumming and this unitive experience is like just, um, it, it was like, yeah, the peak of a spiritual experience for me. And I didn't need anything else. I like got my dancing and I got my drum circle drumming. Um, and so we did that for like two years straight every weekend we, we, we would play. And, um, and then the next year, Mickey Hart got another book called Planet Drum. And in it was the first time I seen Lane because she was inside the book holding her tambourine with her head up and it's like she was in ecstatic bliss. And you know, by this time, the two month, two years, I got into two groups called One Percussion and Circle of Rhythm. They're uh, percussion-based groups, and so uh, so I was already performing with other types of drumming. And then my friend had an organic coffee shop uh, that had um, performances, workshops, um, drum circles, um, also every week, and. I went on a like a Wednesday night, and then that book was there, Planet Drum, and it was open to her picture. And then a flyer next to it said, Lane Redman was coming to do a presentation performance on uh, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So the next day, and I was like, wow, what if I didn't come tonight? You guys didn't tell me. You were, I'm a drummer. You're supposed to tell me these things. I was just happy. I saw it. I'll go, okay, I'm going to come. So I came the next day, Thursday night. She was playing the frame drum and the tambourine. I had never seen anyone play it. And I was like, wow. And then she gave the slideshow presentation of the ancient drummers, women drummers. And then she like talked about each one. Um, and as she was talking and she was playing, I just had what felt like a remembrance because it was like a homecoming, like something that was like, Wow, this looks so familiar. I, I know if I would have lived back in those days, I would have been one of those drummers. And I was thinking, I need to study with this woman. 
and they said that she had a workshop on Sunday, but it was all full. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm supposed to be there. And I really don't like asking, but I asked my friend that was hosting her, I go, hey, is there any way you can get me into that workshop? I really need to be in that. I'm like, I'm a woman drummer. I'm supposed to be in that. Because while everyone's trying to get in there, let me see what I can do. And he said, Treat. and this by this time it's like already 11, 12 at night. Um, and he said, well, whoever can give her the money you know, first. And I go, well, I'm going to come to her house at 5.30 in the morning before I go to work. Because <laughs> I have to be at work at 6.30. And I'll, you know, put the money underneath and... Um, and then she said, well, you still have to get a drum. I have to find a tambourine. I go, okay, I just need to get to give you this money so I'm in. I'll figure out the tambourine later. <laughs> um, and I actually had to work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I had two jobs. I worked at a before and after school daycare center, and I had to go to school and then go to work. Um, I worked at the bookstore, and I had to close each night. So I actually had to work on the day of the, the workshop. So I don't know, I was like, okay, when am I gonna find the time to buy the drum? Because I'm actually at work. Um, and so, and I had to find someone to work for me. So I called all the bookstores in Southern California. I'm like, can someone work for me on Sunday? Can someone work for me Sunday? Um, I couldn't find anything, anybody on Friday. And then most of the day Saturday, I couldn't. And then at my lunch break, I go, okay, this is when I'm gonna try to find the drum. And I thought, hey, there's an Egyptian store in Bellflower, which is like 15 minutes away. Maybe they have one, and this is my only chance. I don't know if they have it. <laughs> and so I go on my lunch break there, and then there's a sign that says, out to lunch. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but I came back in 15 minutes, and I was looking in the window, and i like, I think they have one. And they had one. They had a, a drum with the, the two rows of jingles, which was, you know, it was very specific what she was looking for to bring. And then uh, I came back to close um, the store, and, and I asked the woman, I'm like, hey, you know, this bookshop's tomorrow. I didn't find anyone to work with for me. Will you work for me? And she goes, well, I specifically asked for it off to do my midterms. <laughs> oh, my God, please, this is a chance of a lifetime. There's no need to be there. And she goes, all right, all right. And so you know, that's how I got started. I took her workshop. I bought her instructional VHS. <laughs> and, uh, and then I never stopped ever since. And the woman that actually brought her to California was a women's studies professor, Wendy Griffin. And soon after she created an all-women's brain drum group called Lithoshow, I grew up actually thinking I was cursed, cursed, um, I don't know why, <laughs> but I believed in and then cursed to be a woman and then a woman of color. So I always was like mad that I was born with women. And, but, you know, finding Lane, and as she talked about these women, these ancient women as people um, who were responsible for the spiritual functions um, for the community, um, who were uh, revered women, you know, women as sacred vessels to bring in, in life. And so these were new vocabulary for me. And I was like, wow, how did I believe this nonsense? <laughs> And so, you know, finding her was also my embracement and my journey back to embracing my womanhood. And so this, this group with Wendy Griffin, all these women were, were women honoring women. And so I'm like, I need to hang out with these women and drum with them. And so um, I learned a lot uh, through them. And I learned about the burning times, mm -hmm. that the women who were like the healers and the herbalists, who were like the, the midwives, 
were considered bad or considered witches, which and they were burned. And I was like, wow, no wonder I didn't probably have this memory of, of this, and I didn't, probably didn't want to be a woman. It wouldn't have been safe. And I do. I feel connected to you know the women that's in the past who um, experienced pain and torture and violence and oppression. Um, they come up in my meditations and um, visions where I'm connecting to them or where I'm like crying for them. Mm. That connection with the drum. And, and so that's basically how I found <laughs> the drum, how I found Lane and just embracing um, my path and embracing being um, a woman. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I used to think that it was a punishment for be me being a woman as well. I was like, you know, I know that I was a man in my past life and I must have done really horrible things to women. So now I have to be a woman in this life and deal with it. And um, I don't know where I came up with that. That was something that I was saying, you know, and I was in my teens, in my early 20s. Because I, I didn't connect with women. I connected with the gladiator. I was going, I went to see the gladiator in the movie theater three times and I wasn't going because I thought that Russell Crowe was cute or whoever that guy is. I was like, no, no, I, I'm identifying with him. Um, so, and, you know, many of us do have these memories from the burning times. And that was, I did have one of those memories when I was young, before I even... I think I was old enough to make sense with every of everything. As soon as I heard about what they had done to women and what the church had done to women, I knew that they burned me. I knew it. And from a very young age, I didn't want to have anything to do with any of any of those organizations because I had those memories. I had that like defensiveness of myself. Um, so how empowering to find these women that were playing drums of all things and then teaching you. And so now you teach this to other women and you share this with other women. I, the first time I was in your circle, we were playing and I closed my eyes. And, you know, I, so my music, when I, when I write music, you know, I initially started writing my music from dreaming. I would wake up and I would be music in my mind and I would write it. I would just figure it out on the guitar. And um, it always would go back to the same place. I was always in the forest and I was always in a circle of women around a fire and there was always drums. So even though I was playing the guitar and I was singing, I was always hearing the drum. And when I opened my eyes, when I was in the circle at your place playing and I, you know, I closed my eyes and just got lost in it. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of like, it's happening. I'm just naturally playing. And then I opened my eyes and I looked around the room and looked at all of these women. And I was like, this is the same. It just felt the same. And I was having all of those. It, some of us have maybe visual memories, but some of us have like these physical memories. It's just like, all of a sudden you can feel yourself and you feel yourself sitting in the circle and you have these memories of doing it so many times before. So... Um, that's amazing. It's just an amazing experience for anyone to have. And so many of us are having these experiences nowadays. So I think it's 
powerful that you offer these circles, you know, for so many reasons. It's like you offer circles, any of us that offer circles, and then there's another woman that offers circle because she's so inspired by it, and then another woman and another woman. And so we are all getting to have this experience of sitting together again. Um, so you have taught that the drum, the, when... You know, so I guess my question would be like, how did they, how did they know that the women were playing the drums back in the day? And I know from you that um, whether there were paintings or statues, and there were women that were holding the drum, and that the drum was holding. I would love for you to tell about that. That the, they were holding like an aspect of consciousness. Yeah. So, um, Lane did ten, like ten years, well, longer research and traveled all over the Mediterranean Mediterranean um, in search of um, anything she can find about the, the women frame drummers. So her teacher, Glenn Velez, he's, he's known for um, as a, the father of modern frame drumming. And she was, um, she's considered like the mother of modern frame drumming. He actually collected the first 200 slides of um, ancient drummers and that's where she discovered like oh these are all women and she organized them and and then she thought well who are these women um why are they holding the drum and what happened to them so in her research she started collecting thousands of more images of, of the drumming of women drumming so yeah figurines statues carvings on on temple walls and in caves and paintings on um, plates and vases and um, she discovered that they were um, depictions of the goddess or the priestesses in service to the goddess. And so there's different goddesses in the Mediterranean area. Um, they were called Melissas or Debras, which mean bee in Greek and bee in Hebrew. So they were referred to as bee, bee priestesses. And she was wondering, well, why are, are they all specifically holding you know, the frame drum? So I guess when you're studying um, archeological things. Um, when a god or a goddess holds something in their hand, they're holding an attribute of consciousness or spirituality. And so she discovered that the drum represented, was a representation of the first sound that manifests all of creation, you know, that creates all of life. So, um, you know, just like in the Bible, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word is also it's the vibration. So really down to our cells and our atoms, we're like all made of vibrations, sound, um, the big bang. <laughs> and so what they were holding is um, representing um, creation. And she also says the first sound we ever hear is the sound of our mother's blood pulsing through her arteries while we're fetuses in the womb, um, our place of oneness, um, our time you know, at one is with our mother, and that the womb was also the place of creation of all of life. So as women, we were considered like creatrices. We had the ability to bring forth life through the womb. She also studied the images on the frame drum, one of which that we turned over was is the lotus. So the lotus represents also the womb. So, you know, the the womb creating life and so she put that on her her drum this is her signature series drums called the lotus and so 
And is that one? Is that like the drum that you had to find to take her class? Yeah, we, it had to be a, a drum that had a head, and it had to have two rows of jingles because there's a, you have to hold it a certain way. Um, that needs two two jingles <laughs> to hold it. Yeah. So yeah, I I luckily coincidentally found the right <laughs> right store that had the right drum, and in my lunch time <laughs> period. You know, so it's it's meant to be, and I, I really was feeling, you know, Joseph Campbell, you know, when you see the sign, when you know what you want to do, then, it, you know, things will, will, will just unfold, like, how they're, you know, supposed to. Um, and so, you know, holding the drum, they were kind of, like, transmitting, hey, we, we are, you know, we're, we're holding um, all of creation, the drum, you know, and then you have to think the circle you know, what does a circle represent? So oneness, wholeness, unity, community, uh, cycles of life, uh, the sun, the moon, the earth, the primordial aid, you know, the, really the whole cosmos, you know, the first sound that we ever hear, the, the drum is the echo of that, of that pulse that we heard in our mom, mother's womb. And so for me, the drum becomes the voice of the mother, the voice of the womb, the voice of the divine feminine. And so when I hold this drum, I'm not just holding a drum, I'm holding all that it represents. And so that makes all the difference for my playing, that energy of knowing what it is that I'm holding. And so I just imagine I'm one of those statues, but a living statue. <laughs> you know, um, when we're in class, I, just, I always remind everyone, we ground into, you know, what does the drum mean for us? And so that we know that when we're playing, we're just not just playing, but that all that we play is actually an offering. And, you know, that's what Lame um, considered what she was doing whenever she played was really an offering. Because she knew what it is that she was holding. And so... Powerful. Yeah, all of it's been really life-changing for me. And, um, and that's why, you know, visibility of the drum is really, really important um, also for them too. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm dedicated and committed to keeping just the frame drum, women frame drum are specifically um, visible, um, at least online. Yeah, you're doing a good job of that as well. So when did that, that's like your mission. Uh, when did that kick in for you? So, Well, you know, so Lane was the first person I saw play live. And then I was like, after I saw her, I'm like, I want to see more women. Where are all the women? And I was like, you know, I didn't know. There wasn't any place online to find find them. I didn't know. I didn't even know who else was playing and who the internet was just getting started for me. Um, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't on it that much. But then when I got a computer, um, MySpace was just getting popular. So I thought, well, I'm just going to hop onto MySpace and I created my own, <laughs> my own profile with a drum. You know, by the time I was already, um, I'd already been playing and performing. Um, and then... I thought, well, if I put a woman frame drumming MySpace page, then maybe I will find them. You know, I got mm. from this movie. I think some, this movie will talk about if you build it. The field of dreams. Yes, build it. It's the field of dreams. Yes. And if, if you build it, they will come. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. 
So I, so that's what I did. I created a whole, uh, you know, women frame drumming thing. And then I started searching um, for, for the women or they would find me too. Um, but I started off with um, this frame drum um, website by N. Scott Robinson. And he had already collected like a whole number of frame drummers and their names. And so I like found some of them on there. I'm like, oh, name. And then I would look, check on MySpace and I would collect all, you know, the women frame drumming find their videos on YouTube. Um, and then it made sense to create a YouTube for women frame drumming. So I started collecting videos and making playlists. And so um, I have, I don't know, 800 videos that I have now collected and put in playlists and I've watched them all. That's like- <laughs> um, Wow, amazing. Yeah, because I wanted a resource because I couldn't find them. So now there's a place you can, you know, you can go to YouTube, put in women frame drumming, and then you'll find um, the YouTube channel. And then there's all these playlists of different kinds of drums. Um, so the MySpace was really the big place to find everybody at that time. And I told Lane, I go, Lane, everyone's going on Facebook. You got to get on there. <laughs> so she got on and she put all these, she put like a bunch of um, profiles up because she, she has so many projects. So she had put her her B, you know, hymns hymns to the hive from the hive is her music that's based around um, the recording of the bees. She recorded the beehives and then she pitched her drums to to the tune of the bees and then created music around that. Oh her. wow! Yeah, it's amazing. So she has one page for that, and she has another page that for the music that she did in Brazil. Another page that she did for music that she's singing the the Beatles seed syllables. Um, from India, um, she was someone that really followed everything that called to her. She was really interested in so many things. And then I said, don't forget to do one for your book. And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, you can do that. I'm like, no, no, it's your book. She goes, yeah, yeah, but you should do it. And so I had the honor and blessing to have her MySpace um, when the drummers were women's page. And, um, and that was really a wonderful experience because people would write to the page thinking they're writing to her and just telling, you know, telling her how much their life has changed because they've read the book or, or now they're drumming because they read her book. And so I would like send the messages back to her. Like, hey, this is, you know, this beautiful message from this person. Um, MySpace was the first place really like to land everyone to know once that Created, then everyone started finding it, you know, finding it, and then you find all each other. You start finding all the other women frame drummers are finding each other, and so forth. Um, and that was so exciting. Like I was like, oh, wow! And I didn't know there were so many different types of drums out there. Mm. That there's actually still um, traditions alive that, where the women are playing that have not been um, stopped. So like in, in Spain, in Portugal, there's still the women are still playing. There's videos now out there of like the women that are like in their 70s and 80s singing the old songs you know, on these tambourines. Awesome. And so this this became like a rich resource to have. Lane was like, you did it. You you <laughs> this is the most important thing for the women's frame drum. I'm like, no, your book is the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have a hub of a place to land where everyone now can just find each other like that. Yeah, that's a big part of it. 
too for women. They want to find each other. Yeah. Just like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, Facebook happened. It took a while to like learn Facebook. And so I created the uh, same. But I created a group first. And so, you know, the group. Um, and then I created the main official page. And then there's also a personal profile page that's called Melissa Deborah. So it's easy for me to navigate to find other, you know, women frame drummers. And then I'm just dedicated to, you know, posting, creating content for putting content on, on them. And it's like a almost, I want to say full-time job. It's a big part-time job. That's, you know, I just do labor of love for free and not I don't know it's now been like nine or ten years since I've been doing this um, pretty much by myself um, I have one student helping me last year and a little bit this year and yeah and so a lot of people found each other there people are now taking each other's workshops and things like that and yeah so I've been just dedicated for the last nine ten years of um, keeping keeping it uh, visibility for the women frame drumming so that it's a door to enter and then from there people can you know navigate where they want to um, and then you know when Lane passed away I already knew that I, I would want to take care of her pages too so that there's still she has a presence um, online so I take care of her women frame drumming page and her hints for the hive that's awesome and I created some groups but not not everyone's so into like Sharing their <laughs> sharing their stuff, and I keep to try to keep track of the women that are still teaching. You know, just if I if they end up in my newsfeed, I try, you know it's a little hard to try to, to keep up with everything. But if they see you know, if I see them in the newsfeed, then I you know I get them. So I period like to tell people you know tag us, tag tag yourself, woman frame drumming, invite mm -hmm. you know to the Melissa Deborah page to the frame women frame drumming events then um, it's easier to, you know, to find. People are so, um, we, you know, people get uncomfortable with, you know, being exposed on social media and all of that, but it's really such an amazing time that we're living in that we have these tools and, you know, just for anyone that this is you and like you're not sharing, um, it's a powerful tool of awakening for another woman who is watching. So maybe she particularly identifies with you, or maybe she's never seen it ever before, and just somehow she's being led to you. So it's 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 for bigger picture also, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just the fact that you're just doing, just doing it, holding the drum. And so, um, you know, why do you think that this is powerful for women now? to be being called to the drum and to find the drum. Yeah, I think it's probably different for each woman. Some people, I mean, some women don't even know. It's like they'll see it for the first time and then they're like, oh, I don't know why I feel drawn, but I need to come, you know. Um, and then other people might have seen it, but they are intimidated by it. But then if they see their friend play it, then they're like, oh. So um, I, I had two years where I taught um, actual random songs and then performed perform them and so um and did press sessions so like with you know 15 to 20 other women so I want to do that the, I want to do that <laughs> um and so when I did that that's when I had a, a lot more women wanted to play after that because they saw all their friends <laughs> on stage playing they're like oh okay well I can do it I, I could do it and really I feel like the, I I would like to see the drum in every home 
the frame drum in every home. You know, it's the, the oldest archetypal drum, the you know, the first one, and it's like the one that's least known or least seen. Even in the drumming circles, you go to a drum circle and most of the drums are the bigger drums and you know, the little, the frame drum is like, is a little more subtle and quiet, quieter and you can't really hear it in the big frame drumming, I mean, in the big uh, drum circles. So it's not really seen too much. And so um, I just think like I'm part of the, the history, history of the unfolding um, by continuing to teach and share the drum. Sometimes, the, you know, I'll ask them, well, how did you find, find it? They're like, oh, I, I saw my friend's picture, her holding the drum and I was curious about it. Or I saw it in the news, news feed from, yeah, from another friend. Or, or they saw me perform, you know, at, at a, in a concert. Or, and you know, at some point they're like, okay, I'm gonna come to, to a workshop. And they, they, they want to be in circle with women. And then seeing another woman put aside the story that drumming is for men. And so there's sometimes uh, women will come for the first time and I'll look over and I'm like, oh, it looks like they've been playing like oh, for a while. I'm like, oh, did you play before? And they're like, no, it's my first time. I go, did it feel familiar? They're like, yeah. So I do, I mean, because of my personal experience mm -hmm. is when I saw the drum, it was like a remembrance, mm -hmm. activating activation of remembrance. And when I have it in my hand, I feel so at one with it. It's like, it's like one of my limbs. And I know that I can't be alone in this. So the importance of making it visible. So when people see it, they're like, oh, it's a, for me, it's two seeds. And for any woman that's holding the drum and, and showing, standing, like, standing seeds, just like the, the statues. Um, and, you know, there's so that memory of the ancient women drummers who were the priestesses, they were um, in tune and in rhythm with the cycles of nature um, and the earth. And that's what's missing right now is that we are, as a species, disconnected to the earth, which we are made of from. And I think there's a longing for that reconnection because everything is governed by, by rhythm and the drum is kind of like the, the mirror or the echo of how of, of the rhythm of, of life and so you know when we're in the womb we were in entrainment in tune with our mother heartbeat so when we have when we have music when we have the drum there's that experience re-experiencing that um, in training to the drum because it's a tool for really communal bonding and in training everyone because we all get drawn to the beat. Oh, and then all of a sudden we're all moving and rocking at the same time. So then we're like the school of fish or the flock of birds, you know, this oneness thing happening with the drum. Um, and I think maybe there's just, you know, there's, there's that memory like, oh, okay, we play these drums to honor the cycles of life and the cycles of birth and coming into adulthood. Um, for funeral rites and for marriage, uh, for the crops to come up and to honor the cycles of the moon or even our own cycles, our own body cycles of our, of, of our blood. Um, so there's something about the drum. I don't know, the drum's having its own thing, you know, I feel like, um, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna be visible. And if you wanna come study with me or whoever you see on the women frame drumming, Go, <laughs> so just follow your calling. If you want to, you know, if you like have a story that, oh, I don't have rhythm, this and that, 
just put those stories aside for a moment. We are rhythmic beings. We got a heartbeat. We're walking rhythm. We're talking rhythm. We dance. We have rhythm. And uh, Lane was really big at wanting the drumming to be accessible for people who thought they were non-musicians. Um, she was didn't grow up as a musician. She, you know, she was into art. She had tap dancing, <laughs> um, but she, you know, she was into mythology and art, and she was doing art installations at the time. And so she didn't have a musical background. And so anyone that feels called to play, you can come, come play, you know, find a teacher in your area or, or go fly to a retreat, a drumming retreat. And it happens pretty quickly, too. I mean, that's one of the things that I say also from trying to bring friends to circle is that, um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to know how. And within a two hour period, you're going to have the experience of playing. You're going to have it. There'll be a time where that was the first circle that I was in, that I had my eyes closed. And yes, I'm a musician, but even still, one of my things about the drums was really wanted to play it, but then um, just didn't necessarily know if I was gonna be any good or if it was my instrument or any of that. And in our culture here, we don't dance and we don't play drums and we don't sing. Some of us do, but um, a lot of us don't. And I'm even one of those people where um, people are always shocked to find out, you know, how long it took me to actually sing out loud in front of people. And it was just something that I kept in because there's just not experiences for us to do it. And there's like so much fear. And when you, when you just sit down with this instrument and you and so many of the other people in the circle have never even held it before, you know, it just really becomes fun and you just allow yourself to play it. And it's also simple. And even though you want to come back to circle again and again, I mean, you could really leave the circle with the drum and have enough information where you could sit with it and you could play it for the rest of your life. Um, which was, you know, how, why I felt it was, it's so, it's so empowering. It's so empowering to offer it. And, and you don't have to know anyone to show up to these circles. If you see a class that's being offered, just go, just go and see what happens. And um, the things that do happen are really powerful. And so many of us, we take that drum and we're like, I'm never gonna not play. One of the things that really uh, called me was that you could sing into it. So I saw you singing through it in the video and then my friend Lisa, she showed up to, uh, she's the one that brought me to your circle to begin with, but she came to one of my circles and she brought her drum and I was like if anyone else would like to offer a song and so she pulled out the drum and you know she held it you know here's my drum but she held it you know sideways to her face like this and some of you have seen me doing it it creates like an incredible um reverb really and it resonates and it's amazing to feel your own voice and to feel it through the drum and that's what you know, that caught, that called me to it immediately. I was like, I, I have to have that. I have to have that experience. It sounds like singing in the cave and it's just you and your drum. So that part's really exciting. And so I invite everyone to try that out for yourself. Um, you, we all have a voice. We all have a voice. We all have a rhythm. We all have the right to experience this, what it feels like. And we all have a right to remember 
And that's what I think is so powerful about it right now is that it is a tool for remembrance. People are remembering parts of themselves that were lost or memories from past lives that are important for us to remember those things about being women and about having important roles in society and about having important roles in ritual and with music and that all of it's important. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I thank you so much for everything that you offer. I would love for you to share with us how people can find you. What are like your main pages? And if I know that you do private lessons and you do Skype lessons and you also do group lessons for people that live in the Los Angeles area. But if there's someone who's living far away, how can they find you and how can they work with you? So my main um, place to land is my music page, um, Miranda Rondo's music page on Facebook. Um, and then I have a personal profile, but it's it's maxed out. Um, but you can follow me if you want. But usually I, I'll post all the events on the music page first, and then um, and then second I will send an email. So if you want to get on my email list, it's just my name, Miranda Rondo, at yahoo.com um, for local. Um, yes, I do Skype sessions and um, a Zoom. Um, and then I teach regularly here in Los Angeles and Rancho Palos Verdes um, bi-weekly on Thursdays. Um, you do have to already know how to play the, you know, the basic strokes already to join the class. Um, I have an introduction coming up um, next month, March 24th, at a, in Playa del Rey, California, a place called Ayam. Um, it's called the Heart of Frame Drumming, Rhythm Chant and Ceremonial Drumming. Uh, and that will be from one to four. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll do an online workshop. And to get on that mailing list, it's, it's called framedrumcirclesong at gmail.com. And so that's my other, actually, that's my other frame drum page um, for online offerings is frame drum circle song. Um, I have a main page for that as well. Uh, so those are the ways that you can find me through, through the music pages on Facebook, Miranda Rondo's music page, or Frame Circle Song page, and then uh, email list, MirandaRondo at yahoo.com, or Frame Circle Song at gmail.com. And then I invite everyone to, you know, visit the Women Frame Drumming pages. It's just called that, Women Frame Drumming, and Lane's pages, When the Drummers Were Women. And, and our YouTube, YouTube pages of all the same names, Women Frame Drumming. Um, if you put my name, Miranda Rondell, you also will find my um, YouTube page. And there's a Frame Drum Circle Song on YouTube as well. Um, yeah. And I know you have a performance coming. Oh, well, it's a, it's a whole group of different uh, musicians, but uh, I will probably open it up and play some songs. And it's this Friday. It's the, it's um, based on the album Birds of Paradise, and it's going to be in LA, March first, Friday, um, in this beautiful church, paradise ceilings. Uh, it's be a really beautiful event, so you're all invited to come join for that as well. Um, so. Awesome. So I'm not sure, <clears throat> I'm not sure, you know, about this connection and, you know, how all well the music would come through, but I would love it if you would play something for us on your drum and sing. Okay. 
And if it if the if it works out, then I can keep it and put it on the podcast later. And you know, if not, everybody who's watching, like, we can experience you and can hear you and watch you. Yeah, please. you for joining us on the show and thank you for all of the work that you're doing and all that you share and you have touched my life and um, I encourage anyone out there that feels excited and inspired by this just jump in and just reach out you can reach out to me if you have any questions and obviously reach out to Miranda um, so yeah I'll let you go but thank you so much and blessed be Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome.